Welcome to the Here to Evolve podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Alessandra. And in this podcast, we take topics from both health and fitness, as well as the business side of things. We run two businesses, SD Evolution and Fit Coach Pro, and have a pretty unique perspective because we've had a lot of success, but we are not quite at the top of the food chain yet. Our mission is to help break down these topics so you can learn in an easy to digest manner and apply them into your daily life. In today's episode, we are going to be giving you the exact blueprint that we use with our one-on-one clients. That is the SDE method. We are going to show you guys how to apply that on your own. But first, if you are a new listener and you get something from this episode, first of all, go back and listen to a few more. Once you've listened to three, that's the, uh, the magic number we're using now. Once you've listened to three episodes, if you're still listening, drop us a quick five-star review. If you wanna write a little blurb, that's awesome. Uh, Share us on social media, tag us. We love having those conversations over there as well. Returning listeners, if you are past that three episode threshold, leave the review, write a blurb, share us on social media, send it to your friends. Um, Again, this is a free podcast, guys. We're doing this to reach as many people as we can. We're giving you as much value as as we can. And if you're getting value, uh, the only thing we ask in return is that you just give us a review and you, you share it. Help us continue to expand that reach. That's the only payment. And this is going to be a good one. We're going to tell you exactly what you need to be doing via our SDE method that has allowed us to help thousands of people reach their goals. And I know it sounds like bullshit. People say right in their Instagram bios, I've helped you know 10,000 clients. And then you do the math and it's like, okay, well, you're 25. And unless you've had 500 clients for the last three years, that's probably not likely. We have literally, I mean, this is one-to-one, not even talking about the app. Um, we have coached over... 2000, I want to say the last time I checked was about 2,600 clients. And you have to remember, we've been doing this for a decade. So it's not like this is a new business. It's uh yeah. And it's not like we keep 500 clients at a time. We got to make sure we can deliver that value. So we've had a lot, we've had a lot of fun with a lot of different people and helped a lot of people reach their goals. And we've had some clients who have been with us for literally, I think the entire journey. So maybe not the entire journey, but at least some have been close, five to seven years, some of them. No, we have some that have been eight or nine. That's wild. But there's your little uh, PSA. This is not a scam. Uh, we have people who have been with us forever. And, you know, the, the general range, people, people ask us on our discovery calls, you know, what's the average timeline? And I tell them we literally have people from our minimum, which is we recommend three months at the minimum, um, all the way up to that eight, nine year threshold. Average, I mean, most clients I would say fall into that six to nine month range. Gives us plenty of time to teach, plenty of time to offboard you the right way. That's the biggest part is making sure that you can you know, do this on your own. You're comfortable with it. You understand the things that you need to do um, really from an intuitive place. But anywho, thousands of clients have gone through this method. This is the framework. We take them all through and we build the foundation for everything that they're going to do from. So the SDE method, what is it? Five pillars, training, nutrition, mindset, movement, and habits. And we basically create foundations in each one of those for our clients. Now, whether they're tracking or not, um, whether they're actually lifting weights or not, you know, there are different variations we can do for every single one of these. But the key is that all five are incorporated because they do support each other. You know, if we don't have a foundation in each of those pillars, it's like, you know, building a stack of cards on a boat. It's just going to tip over at some point. Um, We have to make sure we're fully supported. That foundation is strong. And then when one thing starts to slip up a little bit, we kind of catch ourselves via the rest and can get everything else, you know, thriving again. It's a well-oiled machine. 
Um, it's a self-sustaining machine once you have the right habits in place and you have the right framework for this. Um, all that being said, we're talking about five pillars that can seem overwhelming. I've got to focus on five different things. Right now, I'm just trying to focus on eating right or I'm trying to train more, trying to go for a walk every day. That's great. And what we're talking about within those five pillars isn't this massive to do. Everything we do should add value to the rest of your life. It shouldn't take away from that. It shouldn't add more stress. So some of these things will be additions, but they should be positive additions. These aren't, you know, they're not chores. They're not things that are going to suck as you're doing them. They have to be something you look forward to, something, you know, that makes you feel good and helps you improve in a variety of ways. And those are the things that we're building in working with our clients. Um, and then in, in giving you guys this outline, what do you need us for? What's, what do we do with one-to-one -one coaching if we're, we're giving away all the secrets? Well, there are no secrets. We talk about these on social media all the time. We talk about these in our podcast, usually individually. Um, and the point is to help as many of you as we can. We want to see you all succeed. We want to see the world become a healthier place, especially our country, which is abysmal in regards to health. So we're giving all this stuff out in free content. And the things that we do on one-to-one -one coaching, they're similar, but obviously you're, you're paying for something of, of very high value. So you're getting access to our private client portal. You're getting access to our coaches, obviously. You're getting that support whenever you need it. So you've got the accountability. You have the direction. We're focusing on building the plan with you. So you know, let's say someone's listening to this podcast. We give a bunch of examples on things you can do for each pillar. They're not sure which makes the most sense for them or which is going to be the most effective, the most efficient to getting them towards their goals, to supporting their lifestyle. You know, What's going to get you the most bang for your buck? And that is what we do with the one-to-one -one side of coaching. So if you guys want to take these tidbits and apply them the best that you can, awesome. If we never actually work with you personally, I'm glad we could help. You know, doing this for free, I, I genuinely mean that. You know, I'm glad that we could help you in some way, shape, or form. If you apply these things or you've been doing things over the years and you haven't gotten to that point or been consistent, you know, reaching those goals, you reach out, you know, schedule a free consult call. We'll talk a little more. Again, there's no obligation there. So we're just going to figure out, you know, can we give you some tidbits to focus on through that call? And then if it makes sense to move forward with coaching, awesome. That's what we're there for. So with that, again, the accountability, the actual structure of things that are built into your specific lifestyle with an expert who has done this before and is going to make sure that everything that's applied, you know, is the one that's going to going to do the most for you and moving forward. But that's before our Before we jump in, though, I want to remind you guys that you know, as you're listening to this episode, as you're listening to these five things and probably a few other things sprinkled in there that we talk about, don't feel like you have to do a complete overhaul to your lifestyle and change everything at once, right? So we want to slowly implement and slowly make changes really so that these changes can last because what we find and what we've seen with a lot of the challenges and diets and things that have you change so many things at once is that it only is going to last for so long and then you get to a place where it's like, okay, it all changed too fast. I cannot keep up with this forever. So our mission really is to help you slowly implement these things and oftentimes that's a lot slower than you're going to want it to be mentally. Mentally, you're going to be like, let's change it all at once. Let's just do it. But I promise you it will be so much more worth it in the end if you make smaller more sustainable changes rather than just completely erasing what your life looks like and replacing it with this stuff now with that said there are definitely small things within each category that you can do that right are away. small right away um but just keep in mind that the faster you change everything at once the less likely you less likely you are to sustain it forever 
right? So again, that doesn't mean that you cannot apply all of these tomorrow. Let's say you, you journal out different things you wanna apply for each pillar. You can start off with a very base level implementation for each one. Um, you're not gonna go from training zero days to training six days a week. Maybe it's doing some body weight stuff first thing in the morning, three days a week. You know, Maybe that's what your baseline looks like. Um, and then you build up from there. But that's just to, to kind of highlight, you can still do all five of these tomorrow. Just make sure these aren't things that are complete 180s in each each category. Because if you're overwhelmed, you're going to feel it. Even if you're hyped for a week, you feel great for a week, you're motivated for that week. If it's a complete change, you will eventually fall off from that. Um, and that's kind of along the lines of, of the challenges. Now, what we talk about with our clients, obviously, and what we're going to you know preach through this podcast is not to not to even start something that you can't see yourself doing for the longer term. Now, I'm not even saying that's the mindset you're going into this with. Maybe the things you've laid out are things you can foresee yourself doing for the rest of your life. But again, if they are 50 degrees higher than anything else you're doing right now, you're just not going to maintain it right off the bat. So work up slowly, build it up, create little things. Once you maintain those little things for a week, two weeks, a month, level it up. And after that month, level it up again, level it up again, level it up again, until you get to that that framework that you want to be at and you can maintain, you feel really good about, and you're you're firing on all cylinders efficiently, making progress on all of those. So let's go from the top. Training? Training. This one's pretty straightforward in regards to what you're going to implement. It's some type of training program, um, ideally resistance balanced with cardio. Um Minimums. We've talked about this before. A minimum of two days per week. Ideally, you're in that three to four week, uh, three to four session per week sweet spot. You can go four, five, six. You can do two to start off. Again, if you're you're brand spanking new to this, there's no problem with that. Eventually, you want to work into that three to four range um, in regards to being optimal. And so many people think that it has to be either or. So, strength training or cardio strength training or pilates strength training or your orange theory class strength training or yoga you can do both things you can do all the things that you want to do all the things we have clients who do rock climbing strength training and running for example um you know you can combine it in whatever way makes you happy your your fitness your exercise whatever you choose to implement for exercise should be adding value and honestly be something that you enjoy. However, we do also know that things like resistance training are going to improve our longevity. They're going to make our lives better as we get older because our muscle mass naturally declines as we get over after, what is it, 30 years old? So... fuck did you just say to me? I'm the same age as you. (laughs) I'm older than you. So, you know... With that muscle mass naturally declining, we want to mitigate that as much as we can. And how we do that is through strength training. And obviously, you know, your nutrition has to be in the right place, eating eating enough protein. But, you know, that is really, that should be a non-negotiable for everybody in addition to whatever else you want to do that you enjoy. So even if you strength train two days per week, full body sessions, that would be amazing for your health. Obviously, it would help your body composition, and then you can still you still have plenty of time to do Pilates or yoga or running or you know whatever the other things that you want to do are. 
And in case that stung any of you as deeply as it just stung me, that is not to say it is impossible to continue gaining mass after the age of 30. Uh, there have been studies showing optimal protein intake and resistance training in, you know, people in their 70s. You can still put on muscle. So even if you're listening to this and you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, and you've never lifted a weight in your life, you can still reap the benefits if you start now. So it's not a lost cause. You are never too late. It is never too late. And you can still what's oh, what's that? Um, There's this woman on Instagram. I think her Instagram handle is train with Joan or something. She's got to be in her 70s, maybe even 80s. And she started lifting very late in life, like within the last decade, maybe. She completely transformed her entire life, her body. She gained muscle mass. She looks awesome. She feels 30 years younger and she's just an inspiration. So if you are in the mindset of it's too late, I waited too long, I'm 30, I'm 40, I'm 50, there's nothing I can do about it now. That's a fixed mindset. There's plenty you can do about it now. And it's just a matter of starting. So again, correlating do-it-yourself versus one-to-one coaching. We're going to outline the framework of each of these for you. That's what we just did with training. Obviously, one-to-one, we're creating that with you. So that's what I'm talking about in regards to we'll give you the blueprint versus we'll do it right there with you to make sure everything is as efficient as it can be. The other perk with that is it can change, like we can change your plan as we need to when life change changes. So let's say... You know, you're entering the holiday season in a couple months here. Life's going to get crazy hectic with the kids' schedules. You can't really commit to four training days per week. You want to be efficient. You don't want to throw in the towel. We can help you simplify that down to two or three days per week. So just an example. But no matter what life throws at you, we can adjust and accommodate that to best fit your life in all stages. And not only that, but we are updating programs every four, eight, 12 weeks, you know, depending on the client, depending on their needs, depending on their wants, depending on a whole host of things. Um, and with that in mind, before we move forward, I'll just throw one more thing in. As you're doing these things, I just laid out four, eight, 12 week timelines that we update. You do not want to be changing these every day. You want to, at a minimum, adhere to the same weekly program for four weeks. That is the absolute minimum. So it's not a swipe through workout that you're doing two, three, four, five days a week. You set your program and you do that program on those same days or be flexible with the days, same number of days over the course of the minimum next four weeks. Nutrition. Now, this one's going to be pretty broad because there are a thousand different intricacies we could dive into, but we'll throw in some staples, some things. If you were to build your framework, you know, what does it look like? Obviously, we can't set your macros on a podcast. We can't tell you your specific needs on a podcast, but as a human being, what are some things you can focus on to improve your nutrition, to improve everything else that goes along with your health via nutrition? Number one, I'd say, is protein. Protein intake needs to be at least 0.6 grams at per, least. per pound of your body weight. So use that number. Um, that would be the minimum for you. We You can go up to one gram per pound, slightly above if you're in a deficit. But at the very minimum, 0.6 grams per pound of body weight and protein every single day in this if you're not tracking i guarantee you're not eating enough protein um so i even fall into that trap if i stop we've been tracking for a decade and we still fall into that trap so if you have never tracked macros if you haven't tracked in a while throw a couple days in there and kind of see where you're at every once in a while but protein intake is the king and needs to be hit daily for overall health but also, like we talked about, muscle mass, 
all the things. Now, if you are very overweight, uh, what you're going to want to do is set that number in regards to grams per pound of weight at your goal weight. So let's say you're 300 pounds. You're not going to set, if you're on one gram per pound, you're not going to set your daily intake at 300 grams of protein. Let's say you need to lose 125 pounds. You know, what's that, a buck 75? Yeah, and I don't love the term goal weight, but just for that example, I think it makes sense. Um, you know, and when ideal we weight, when we say weight. overweight, we're not talking you're five pounds overweight, ten pounds overweight. Like use the normal calculation for that. If you are classified overweight or obese by your doctor, that's a different story. Um, just because it's going to be impossible to eat three hundred grams of protein per day, that won't be fun. Impossible and unnecessary. Yeah. All right, number two, what would you say is the next most important? Uh, lump two together. Um, it's fiber and plants. So obviously you're getting fiber from plant intake. Um, but we preach plant diversity, nutrient diversity. Um, fiber is a prebiotic. So what that means is it feeds the different types of microbiota, the different good bacteria. Well, it'll feed good and bad depending on what you're eating. But fiber exclusively, it's going to feed the good bacteria in your gut. So all of the benefits of good gut health, improved energy, improved everything. I'm not even going to list everything on this podcast. It's not just digestion. Everything improves when your gut health improves and everything suffers when your gut health is off. Um, IBS, IBD, it's kind of a, a blanketed statement. It's, it's not really a real thing. It just says you have issues with your digestion. And I'd say a ton of people are dealing with that. I don't know if I'll go into saying the majority of people, but a significant number, especially nowadays with all the processed shit that we consume on a regular basis. Um, improving our, our nutrient diversity, our fiber intake, our plant diversity is going to improve gut health overall. So for some context, you know, around the world, there's, there are people who are consuming 50 to 100 grams of fiber every single day, just without thinking about it. In America, I think the average is seven grams per day because we have such an ultra processed diet. It's a standard American diet and it is, as its acronym implies, sad. It's very sad, Super it's disgusting. Sad. Seven grams is low per it's meal. It's hard to do. It's low for one meal, never mind the whole day. And it is very hard to do. So again, I think if you're somebody who isn't tracking macros or you've never tracked macros, doing so for even a short period of time, a couple weeks, a few weeks, can really open your eyes to what you're currently consuming. And fiber intake is usually like our clients who go from not tracking to start tracking with us. That's usually the thing. They're like, oh, my God, I had no idea I was barely eating any fiber because it's just not a common thing to focus on. So being aware of it is key. Awareness is kind of our word here on the podcast. Awareness, we create change. Um, but it really can make such a big difference in your life, in all phases of life. Um, just me being newly postpartum after being in the hospital, after going through labor and delivery, my digestion was terrible um eating just not our norm while we were in the hospital for what how many hours were we there not even two days 29 um and as soon as i got home and started eating my normal foods focusing on protein and fiber i felt dramatically better so it really can make a huge difference fairly quickly and it's i was frustrated to be honest with you um noticing this Going back and having like a, a shitty day of eating, let's say we're away, we're at a barbecue, we're at a, you know, a carnival, for example. I assumed that as I improved my gut health, I'd be able to tolerate things like that a little better. Like things like that wouldn't throw me off. I wouldn't get as tired. Like when you eat shitty food, you're tired, you get a headache, you feel blah. There's a reason we're all so tired all the time. It's because of our food. 
I thought that I would have more leeway for a single meal, a single day out of my norm. And what I found is I became more sensitive. I became more sensitive to the dog shit food that we eat when I really focused on whole foods as 95% of my intake. So going, building that up, feeling really good, having my fiber and plant intake improve, and then going off and having one bad meal. I go to a restaurant and they just, they made a meal with who the fuck knows was in it, but you know it wasn't good. I feel terrible, I feel heavy, I feel gross. And your body just becomes more sensitive to that, which in a sense, like now I can look at it, reflect and say that's a good thing. It's my body telling me not to fucking do that again. It's continue the path that I'm on, eat the quality foods. We're gonna keep reaping the benefits and feeling great, performing well, looking good, aging backwards. When we focus on that other shit, we get used to it if that's our norm. And we just assume being tired all the time is normal. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like when you're used to eating that way and you kind of are stuck in that cycle, you almost don't realize that you even feel bad, if that makes sense. Or maybe you do, but a lot of people think that's just how they're supposed to feel, which you won't realize until you start replacing those meals with more whole nutrient-dense sources. And then it's like your eyes are open to what life could really feel like and what life could really be like when you actually have energy to get through the day, when you don't need three large coffees, you know, when you when you don't feel like you need to or you have trouble falling asleep when your digestion is off so your food impacts all of those things and that's why we have our clients track biofeedback as well as just macros which if you're like what the heck is biofeedback sleep stress soreness digestion your energy levels throughout the day hunger levels um your menstrual cycle there's a few more that i'm probably missing but you know stress soreness energy levels hunger levels throughout the day digestion I said all those. Thank you for listening to me. Um, I was just going through them in the order. (laughs) But, you know, all of those things matter. All of those things play a role in how you feel, but also in your physical progress. So if those things aren't in alignment, you're not going to see the progress that you want to see or keep it for the long term. So how well are you going to perform if you feel like shit all the time? So if you're not fueling yourself the right way, you're not building muscle, you're not improving body composition, the list goes on and on and on. Um, And then again, we could talk about nutrition for an hour and we probably will in a future episode, but protein, we've got the the target there. So 0.7 to a little over one, if you're in a deficit per pound of body weight or optimal body weight, prioritizing plants, fiber intake, um, working up slowly to that 30 to 40 gram per day um, in regards to fiber intake, 30 to 40 grams of fiber. If you're at seven, don't jump right to 40 because your gut is going to explode. Uh, you're going to be feeding those those microbiota and they're going to produce a ton of gas and you're just going to feel very uncomfortable. So add slowly over time, say five to 10 grams increase on average per week. With that, that kind of goes hand in hand with reducing processed foods. The Everything's processed. The ultra processed quote unquote junk food, um, you know, as many singular ingredient foods as you can for each meal. Um, and then we'll throw in water. So two-thirds of your body weight in ounces of water per day obviously hydration is super critical for just that's the minimum by the way that's the minimum it should be increased if you work out if you sweat a lot if it's humid out if you're breastfeeding um you know all of those things play a role in your hydration levels but hydration actually isn't just water what's the other half of that electrolytes electrolytes so you've heard us talk about element before 
um, drink LMNT. Linked in the episode. It's linked in the description if you want a free sample pack of all the flavors. But we love it because it's minimal ingredients. It's an easy way to get the optimal doses of your electrolytes. Yes, you can get them from food. No yes, added sugars. Yes, you can get them from salting your food. So don't feel like they're needed. They're just, they make life easier. That's what a supplement does. Um, so yeah, no added ingredients in these. It's literally just straight up. And yes, they taste salty. You get used to it though. Um, it was I have to do 40 ounces in most of it. Now I can do 30. It's but definitely salty. I won't like, say gross. It was just like, oh, that was way too much. I feel and like Joelle also talked about the fact that there's a correlation between when it tastes very salty, that means that you are not as hydrated as you should be. Or there, I don't know. You, I'll have to fact check uh, her episode on it. Um, but there's a correlation there. Um, but you you do get used to it. You do adapt to it too. So we love them. We ha I have two to three a day right now. Um, while breastfeeding and they just really make me feel better so water is only half the equation when it comes to being hydrated you don't want to drink too much water and I mean that's when you flush everything out um, as far as the good stuff too, electrolytes so you need to have that balance there to feel your best you can see small improvements in your energy from it reduce fatigue if you get headaches a lot this can really help so um Water hydration is number three. Next pillar is mindset. So I'm not even going to say it's my favorite. I say habits are my favorite half the time. The other half I say mindset. <laughs> they're all our favorite. All, they, they, you shouldn't have any favorites because they're all super important. But mindset, this is one that has transformed my life personally over the past couple of years. Um, definitely something I was not focusing on up until that recent point. Uh, but you know, we talk about emotional health, talk about mental health. The importance of that has certainly been highlighted here over the last year or so. And most of us, I won't, I don't know, a lot of us are not working on those things. Uh, I wasn't, and it was, wasn't brought to my attention, I think, until I had, we had Kai. Um, just the importance of being able to become less reactive. So we won't even talk about, you know, depression, anxiety. Obviously, it's going to help with all these things. But like for my personal journey, it was about reactivity and little things just setting me off quickly, big things watch out. Um, and I just, I had to do develop tactics. It wasn't just knowing, yeah, through awareness to create change. I was aware, it wasn't just knowing it was a problem. It's okay, what do we do to apply it? What are those tools? You know, we have training to build muscle. We have nutrition to improve different aspects of our health. What are the tools for improving mindset? Um, and the first one I implemented was meditation. The, the concept of mindfulness has become the staple of my life here over the last two years. Focusing on the breaths. It's, you know, we say it sounds woo-woo. I'm just going to stop saying that. We should all be meditating. That's what I'm going to replace that with. Like, regardless of your thoughts on it, do it for a minute a day and then two minutes and then five and work up to 10. If you can do 10 minutes a day, fantastic. But it doesn't have to be this big thing. It doesn't even have to be in this quiet place. Just you know, use distractions as tools and come back to your breath. And that's really the concept of meditation. So following the breath, becoming aware of your breath and eliminating those distracting thoughts, you're still going to have them, but we're just going to let those things pass by as we go throughout. Um, again, I won't go through the entire uh, ordeal on meditation. We're just going to lay the framework here. We do have an episode. We have an episode. We'll probably do more in the future. But at the at the basics, let's say you've never done it before. Work up from a minute a day where you just you wake up or right after your breakfast before you drink a cup of coffee as it's cooling off a little bit. Just sit upright, 
Take deep breaths and just feel your breath, the full inhale, the full exhale for that entire minute. And you're done. That's it. I would say the mindset work is often the thing that our clients, they they know that they're going to get it when they come to us. We obviously talk about it a lot, but it's also the thing that they don't realize how big of an impact it's going to make on everything else in their lives. Keeps you steady, keeps so, you level-headed. you know, when we have our clients fill out feedback forms every few months, and that's always the number one thing in, you know, what what changes have you seen since starting working with us? It's always mindset with something else, which is really cool to see. Habits um, and you know, our coaches are all certified health mindset coaches. Um, so HMCC, they're all in the second round of that right now. It's a huge focus for us with our coaching and it's a huge focus for us just talking about it with you guys, because like I said, it impacts every other area here. So it's not just, meditation it's like how does your mindset impact or what is your mindset when it comes to training what is your mindset when it comes to the scale your nutrition your diet the foods you eat everything is related here and you know we have to work through these struggles and these barriers that you have set over time through your environment through what other people have told you and really help you power through them and help break them down so that you can rebuild a better mindset in relation to all of these areas. So it's a lengthy process. It's not something that changes overnight. Like Josh said, you can be aware of it, that it needs to change, but it's not going to be something that's a super quick change over a matter of a week or a month or even three months. So it's hard work, it's long work, but it is so worth it because that's really, I think, the turning point that people have when it comes to making this a forever thing. So for me, it's, it's meditation. It's also hot exposure. exposure. It's also cold exposure. Um, for others, it could be therapy. Uh, but my big three are the exposures and the meditation. And with the exposures, it's just you know embracing the uncomfortable feeling, breathing through it. Again, everything's connected back to that breath. When we're talking about mindset. We're talking about mood. We're talking about you know anxiety. It all circles back to the breath. And you know if you're in an anxious situation, an anxious state, you can kind of become aware and check yourself. How am I breathing? Slow that down. It's because you're probably rapid. It's probably short breaths. If you can slowly improve your depth of your breath, you can kind of catch yourself. And those are the things you're really training for um, when it comes to mindset. So again, just kind of figuring out what your bucket's going to look like for each tool. Um, but that's a very, very quick overview on the mindset. Again, we could talk about that for forget an hour, but a day. Um, movement. This will be a quick one. Essentially staying aware. So again, through awareness, we create change. Um, minimum of 7,000 steps per day. That's what's going to take you out of the sedentary lifestyle. If you don't have a, a tracker, you know, a, a Apple device, an Aura ring, a Whoop, anything like that, just keep your phone in your pocket. Keep your phone in your pocket all day. It's going to give you a rough estimate. Um, but some basic tips, if you do notice you're coming in below that 7,000 step threshold, you're at the desk all day, you know, you come back, you watch some Netflix before bed to unwind, um, Get up once an hour to do a couple laps around the house or the office. Maybe it's a longer walk at lunchtime. Parking farther away when you go to the store. Those are the three tips, the three examples I give every single time because those are so easy and they just shoot you well beyond that 7,000 step threshold without even thinking about it. Um, and if you're one of those people who thinks, well, I, I work out every day. I work out six days a week. I'm, I'm good. What we've seen over the years is even clients training 6,000, 6,000, six days per week might only be moving five or 6,000 steps per day. Because after that workout, which they're probably only walking from bench to bench, 
they're going right back to their office desk and then home and on the couch. So you're vastly overestimating, I won't say you, but many are vastly overestimating their actual activity and movement for the day because they're working out. But if you're just training and you're moving 4,000 steps per day, shit's off. And you know, not just performance, but overall health, longevity markers, we were made to move. And if you're not, you're going to see a lot of issues. Yeah. And just to clarify, movement is not your prescribed training sessions. It's your leisurely activity. It's the the movement that you get in throughout the day that is not prescribed per se. Yes, you can plan for it. Yes, you can set reminders. Yes, you can, you know, schedule walks in, but it's more leisurely movement. You're not aiming for like a certain uh, heart rate goal or, you know, something like that. So just keep in mind that's the difference between movement and actual training. Habits. The other one that I usually say is my favorite. Any goal we have in life, not just health and fitness, you should always associate a habit with that. And that's because it's basically the the action we can take towards the goal every day. I have a goal of running a marathon, for example. I don't right now, I'm just saying for example. You have a goal of running a marathon. Okay, cool. Do you have a program? What are the little things you're doing every single day that are getting you to that? You know, I want to improve my energy, I want to feel better. That's a little less tangible, right? Or a little less uh, measurable besides just, you know, how do I feel today? What are you doing to feel better every day? Are you sleeping? Do you have sleep habits in place? Do you have X, Y, and Z that are going to lead to the goal, that, that cookie trail that you're going to follow until you get there? So any goal you have, reading a book per month, habit would be reading two pages per night before bed. Set it as something very minimal. Don't make it this big task because the bigger tasks are more likely to be skipped on occasion. And once you skip something once, it is much easier to skip again in the future. So do not create that precedent. That's why we say a book a month. How am I going to read a book a month if I'm reading two pages per night? That's 60 pages, 62 pages. Because you're going to go above and beyond that most of the time. But at a minimum, so we can say we didn't skip it, we're going to read those two pages every fucking night. There's, there's no reason to not. I'm not too tired to read two pages. I don't have enough time to read two pages is bullshit. Read those two pages, check it off. There's no excuse. And then more often than not, you get your 10, 15, 30, 50 pages in whatever you have time for, whatever you feel like doing, but we're not skipping something. So as you create these, do not make your habits lofty. You can have, you know, uh, a benchmark you want to go beyond once you've achieved that habit, but make sure that habit is literally showing up. Showing up is the hardest part most of the time. It's it's the mindset, the mindset hack. I just have to show up and get this done. Once you show up, boom, that workout gets done. That run gets done. That hike gets done because you showed up. You walked through the door. So take that same concept with habits. Make it very minimal and make it a non-negotiable. Daily automatic is what it's going to turn into. And then you're going to notice some serious improvements. And again, through awareness, we create change. I was struggling with my daily habits. I bought a little whiteboard. Uh, I wrote King of the Jungle on it. These are the little things that are going to bring me back to the top and make me feel good. And I keep a percentage month over month. So I have my daily habits on there. I have my outline for lifting cardio and sauna. And then I have what's called a skills bank. So right now in my skills bank are archery and golf. And the goal there, I believe is yeah, two hours per week. So I don't even have for the lifting cardio, sauna, archery and golf. Those aren't daily habits. They're just reminders on there. But I, I throw it on that same board. My daily habits are meditating, read, cold shower, Italian lesson, mobility work, and journal. And those are my, my six staples that I feel really fucking good when I'm doing. That doesn't include nutrition, that doesn't include training, it doesn't include a lot of things. 
but those are the six things that I really enjoy doing and they set the tone for the day where everything else gets accomplished because I crushed those six things. Um, but write it on a sticky note, throw it up on your mirror, put it on your phone notepad. They do um, have apps for it too. For um, it. I know a lot of you just are on your phone a lot. So. You could build it into the SDE method if you wanted to, the app we got there. Yep. But yeah, I think moral of the story is make your habits almost laughable that they're so easy to start. And then, you know, your goals can be the lofty, bigger things that you want to achieve. But keep your habits ridiculously stupid easy and you will be successful with them. Give yourself no excuse on those, you know, beat it over the head. I'm going to get this done today. This is when I'm going to do it. Habits need to be scheduled like doctor's appointments. This is when I get this done. Um, the reason... You know, that was not my morning routine, but those are my habits for the day. The reason I do mobility work in the morning is because if I wait until later in the day or before bed, there's a 50% chance of me actually doing it. So the things that you feel are going to be most difficult to adhere to, make those your first appointments. Those get done first thing in the morning. Build those into your morning routine. Get them done. Check that box. So that was the SDE method. Training, nutrition, mindset, movement, habits. We gave you the blueprint. You guys can fill that in on your own. If you do need some help, if you want that personalization, you can reach out. Uh, I believe the application to coaching is also linked in the description here. Mm -hmm. And we also have an intermediary. So going from doing this on your own to maybe dipping your toes in the water is our app. The SDE method is the name of the app. Um, and basically you're getting your programs updated, updated each month. Uh, we've got five in there. They are general, so again, it's not built for you, but they are built with the same principles that we prescribe with our one-to-one -one clients. It's just not, again, catered specifically to you. So you can choose based on the equipment, based on how many days per week you can train, based on what you enjoy. Those are all in there. We also have the Apocalypse Protocol, which is a general outline of habits um, that we do recommend for most of our clients. Uh, you can modify that as you go as well. Again, it's an app, use it as you see fit. But we're giving as much tool, I mean, as many tools as we can within the app so you're getting as close to the one-to-one -one experience as we can without actually coaching you. Um, it's also significantly less expensive. As of right now, it is $24.99 per month. Cancel anytime. We don't lock you into anything. Um, but that's the episode. We hope you guys got some value from this. Again, if you did and you're at that three-episode mark, leave us a quick review. We love you. We appreciate you. We'll catch you in the next one. Where can they find you? I'm at Alessandra Skutnik. I'm at Josh Skutnik. Everything else you need is linked in the description.